So what is a trademark? A trademark is a phrase, word, symbol, device, or even a color. That is what a trademark can be. Now, what is a copyright? The copyright is what we would normally think of as the work uh, in total. That would be something you've written. That would be a song. It would be a play. It would be a poem. It would be a, a, a together work that's been put together, and that can be copyrighted. Welcome to the Church Council Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Story. I'm an attorney who specializes in church law, and I want to invite you along the journey as we explore my years of volunteering, working for, and then acting as legal counsel for the local church. During each episode, we will examine one of the three essential parts of building a secure church, your foundation, the framing, and the facade, where the foundation is your church's core beliefs, the framing is your operational structure, and the facade is the outward connectivity to your members and guests. Using this framework. We hope to simplify church law and proactively protect the minister's ministry and mission of your church and prepare you along the way for handling the unexpected events as they arise. One of the most forward-facing things your church has is its name. And are you properly protecting that? Do you need to look at doing a trademark? What about any of your ministries? Today, we're going to talk about an issue that's right in front of your eyes at all times, but is your church properly protecting it? And that's the question. As we delve into church intellectual property and how are we going to deal with the trademarks of your church? Thanks for listening to the Church Council Podcast. If your church needs assistance with its foundation, framing, or facade, Call the Church Council, a law firm for churches brought to you by the Story Law Firm, PLLC. Visit churchcouncil.com or call 1-877-273-3830. Whether your church bylaws need an update or you need policies and procedures reduced to writing, let the Church Council be your trusted legal source. Visit churchcouncil.com today. And now... Here's Travis. So today's a fun day for me because before I became a church lawyer, I was actually on staff at a church and I worked in the media ministry. And so when we talk about some of today's subjects, it's actually near and dear to my heart because we start talking about something that's very, very forward facing to your church and really your community and even the world. And that's the name of your church. That's the things that are very, very much in front of them, the name of the ministries. And how are we going to protect those? Do we need to protect those? And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about intellectual property. And a lot of times when I say intellectual property, people literally say, I don't know what that means. And so just a very basic definition is a work or invention that's the result of creativity such as manuscript design, uh, can be a name to which one has rights and for which one may apply for a patent, copyright, trademark, or actually covered by trade secrets. That's what intellectual property is. That's what we're talking about today. But when we look at those kind of four types of intellectual property, the patent, trademark, copyright, and trade secret, we're really only, as a church, most of the time going to be considering two of those. The first one is trademarks. That's what we're going to talk about today. 
And then we'll also, in another episode, talk about the copyright issues of the church. But when we talk about trademarks, we are very much going to look at kind of our way that we frame all of our discussions here on the Church Council Podcast, which is through the lens of our three components of a church. The foundation, which is the core of who your church is. The framing, which is the structure that holds your church up. And the facade, which is the exterior that your church members and guests see and experience. So today we're really in the the facade area because what's more uh, outward facing than some of our, our names, our branding, if you will. And so this is what we're going to talk about today. So when we talk about trademarks, uh, the first question, and I get this question a lot, is what's the difference between a trademark and a copyright? So what is a trademark? A trademark is a phrase, word, symbol, device, or even a color. That is what a trademark can be. Now, what is a copyright? The copyright is what we would normally think of as the work uh, in total. That would be something you've written. That would be a song. It would be a play. It would be a poem. It would be a, a, a together work that's been put together, and that can be copyrighted. So one of the things a copyright cannot be is a name, title, slogan, or short phrase. Why? Because those are what a trademark is. So if you look at the differences between trademarks and copyrights, basically anything that would be a name, title, slogan, short phrase uh, that can be combined in a word, a symbol, a device, uh, and even colors can be trademarked. This is what's important. This is why logos, just think of your normal logo, is a trademark. That is trademarkable. You've got uh, service marks and product marks. So some of that is dependent on uh, which category we're going to fall into. And we'll talk about that here in just a second. But I want to talk about where do we get trademarks from? Uh, And there's two places that we get trademarks from. The first place is your local state. You can have a statewide trademark. And so this is if you have an entity that is really just working within your state, whichever state that is, and it's really not outside that state at all. So you can have a state-based trademark. You can also have a federal-based trademark. A federal-based trademark, uh, one of the requirements is that you have to have your mark operate between two states, meaning it's got to go across state lines. Now, in the world in which we live in today, you have a website. That website obviously goes between multiple states. So it's a lot of, uh, it's a lot easier. And a lot of times we want the federal trademark because that federal trademark is going to cover us no matter where we are. And that would keep somebody from this state from using, um, the same name or logo or slogan in the, the state that's right next door to you. Why would you not? For example, I had a ministry that is a ministry that does a local uh, food bank. And so even in the name of the ministry is the area code that they operate within. Well, by definition, that area code is only within our state. And so because of that, we did a state trademark. 
it didn't need a trademark that was going to go outside of that area. And so because it's very geographic based, it was all at all times going to stay within the state. We didn't do a federal trademark, but we did a state trademark because one, it is easier. It is cheaper. It's a, a different system than the federal mark, but it was just as protective to keep somebody else from using that same mark within the same state. So a state trademark can be very handy and be utilized, but you don't necessarily want to always limit yourself to just that state. If you are doing what's called interstate commerce and you are going between the two states, then we want a federal trademark. The federal trademarks are issued uh, by the United States uh, Patent and Trademark Office, and they are actually going to uh, have a system where they issue the mark to you. A couple of handy things to know. Sometimes you'll see a logo and it'll have a, um, a TM on it. The TM isn't the actual trademark because the actual trademark is the little R with the circle around it. So if you see something Coca-Cola and it's got Coca-Cola classic, it's on, it's on your beverage right now that you may be having, uh, it would have, uh, an R with the circle around it. That is a registered trademark. What that tells you is you can go on to the, the website USPTO and you can search Coca-Cola classic. It'll pop up. It'll say Coke owns that mark. Now, if I want to uh, apply for a mark and I'm trying to hold myself out as, hey, I am going to uh, try to trademark this new product, this new uh, slogan, this new ministry, then I can start using the, the little TM and that tells people that I am going to try to trademark this, but that does not actually protect you just yet. You're holding yourself out as such, but it, it's not conclusive. So what we have to do is we actually have to apply for the mark and be approved before we can start having the registered, the R with the circle around it. Now, two things before we talk about some of the the good and the bad about trademarks that we have to understand. There are categories for trademarks. And in fact, this is what's really important because you've got various categories that all of these marks fall into. And you can have a mark in multiple categories that you own, but you can also have competition in that same, with the same name, they're just in a different category. One reason why big multinational brands try to do all the different things that they do is they want to have the same mark in all of the categories they can. For example, our Coca-Cola, back to our Coca-Cola example, there is a category for soft drinks and They want to have the mark in that because obviously that's where they are. But Coca-Cola also makes t-shirts and hats, and that's actually category number 25. So they want to have t-shirts and hats, and they can then own the Coca-Cola mark for t-shirts and hats. 
They also uh, are in the category because they sponsor race cars. They also make little Coca-Cola plush toys. Guess what? Each one of these is a different category. So by Coca-Cola making all these different products with their logo on it, they have now put a product into the stream of commerce and now they can actually go and trademark all of these different categories. Fun fact, you today could start a brand new a brand new product and call it Coca-Cola Classic and you could receive the trademark right now as long as you did it in the firearms category. There is not a Coca-Cola Classic firearm. So if you want to make a, a a firearm, you can do that. You want to make ammunition, you can do that. And it's it's its very own category. It's available for the taking right now. Now, the problem is, and this is sometimes one of the tricks we'll talk about, is because they already own the category for, let's say, t-shirts and hats, you can't make any kind of t-shirts and hats for your Coca-Cola firearm company. So that's one way that we keep people out of our various categories is we take some of the bigger categories when most people would want to have a t-shirt or hat. Because if I started a Coca-Cola firearm company and I wanted to go and I wanted to, um, I, I made a product, but now I wanted hats and whatnot. And I produced those. Well, Coca-Cola can use the power of the trademark and can shut me down. So this is why the categories are important. Now, what can we trademark? Again, we can trademark the names, the words, the symbols. So there's two kinds of marks primarily. One is the word mark. And if you think about that, that is the title or the product name or the brand name, the church name, the ministry name, or there's also the logo mark. And this is when you have a design that you would have. So I've got a cross. If I want to just register that cross, and it's a unique, um, very pretty hand-drawn cross, I could register the way that looks. And I can register that in the same categories. I can also put both of those together. So if I have my ministry name with the cross... Now, I don't just have a word mark. I've got a design mark. And that design mark now keeps somebody from using a little bit different wording, but they are using something that visually looks the exact same. So this would be like me saying Coca-Cola Classic and using the the curvy uh, Coca-Cola Classic logo look. But instead, I'm going to change it just a little bit so the words are different. If it's just a word mark that you have protected, it might not be as protective as something that looks exactly like it. And so when we get into the realm of marks, we have to say, first of all, are we getting just a word mark? That would be the name of the church, for example. Or are we using the name of the church plus the logo that maybe is embedded with that. So if you, and we'll make one up and it's probably out there, but let's call it river Valley church. And you've got a picture of a river. That's kind of your logo. So if you put those two together and have river Valley church, that is going to be a design mark. 
We can also go and separately just get the trademark for River Valley Church. Block letters, doesn't matter how that appears, we would have the mark. And so when we do both, we are now holding ourselves out there throughout the entire United States as being the only entity that can use that as their mark. Now, when we do this, we've got to do a couple of things. First, we've got to show that we are currently using this because that's one of the important parts about a trademark. They uh, really are asking you to provide samples of current use in the stream of commerce. Are you holding yourself out to be this? This is important because when you have a trademark, we've got to use it. We've also got to protect it. So if we find out somebody else is using it, we've got to make sure they're either going to stop using it or give them a license to use it. We don't want somebody just using our mark without us uh, controlling that. But when we do this, we also need to look at the categories again. And the categories are one of those important things to really know about, uh, about trademarks. Because you as a church... Uh, may want to come in here or even any kind of, any kind of ministry. You've got a camp. You've got a nonprofit. Wherever you're active, we need to make sure that we are in the right category. For example, uh, one of the categories that's most applicable to a church is it's actually uh, category 41. And that includes services for education, tutoring, training, entertainment, and various uh, various sporting and cultural activities. This is the category that also includes worship services. So if you're going to have your church, you're going to use uh, category 41, and that's going to be one of the cores of your church. And so I would tell you that category 41 is probably one of the first categories we're going to register. And then we might look at doing something like a category 25, because category 25 is also the apparel category, because you're probably going to want to put your... Uh, you know, name of the church, uh, on some kind of t-shirt or something along those lines. So those would be categories you could register for your logos for your church name. One of the other things that we want to make sure we're doing is when we've figured out what categories we want to be in, we need to make sure that we are keeping track of the time because one of the things about a trademark is they will let you keep the trademark as long as you continue to use the trademark. So if you stop using it, the trademark will go away. So there are very specific time intervals where you need to make sure you tell the trademark office that, yes, I'm still using this trademark. And so we have to uh, renew and keep our trademark up to date. And so as we get into acquiring the trademark, we also need to make sure that we are monitoring the trademark. And those are very, very important things. So what are some practical examples of why we might want to have a trademark on something? And you're saying, hey, we're a church. Why would we want to do this? Uh, a good example is a situation that we found uh, one of our clients in uh, a number of years ago where they actually had a uh, a video that ended up circulating on YouTube 
And what happened was that video got re-edited multiple times in ways that were not flattering. And so that video honestly needed to be taken down. And so one of the things that all of the social media companies have is they have some kind of copyright or trademark violation uh, reporting systems where you can go on and you can say, hey, somebody's using my mark, somebody's using my copyright, and here's how you would go and you'd prove that, and then ultimately they would remove it from their system. So one of the things that we didn't have at the time was the trademark so that we could come in and and get that taken off a lot faster. We had to prove that we had a copyright to the actual production. What would have helped in this situation, which would have been great, is if we had taken the church logo and we had had a trademark for that logo. Think um, Nike's a good example of a logo that I would use that everybody knows. The Nike swoosh, right? The Nike swoosh. If we had had on all of our videos that we publish, everything we do, it has a little Nike swoosh in the corner. Well, guess what? If we went to YouTube and we said, YouTube, I don't care if they've re-edited it, if they've um, put it to music, if theoretically they've even made it a new work, and, and we'll talk about some of this in the copyright section, they could theoretically take your video, they could splice it, dice it, uh, put it to a, a music, add words, they could do something, and technically it becomes a new copyright. So they have the rights to do that a lot of times. We can still maybe pull that off, um, but it gets harder to do. But the easiest way to do it is say, hey, see our logo in the bottom left-hand side of the screen? It's our logo. We have a trademark on that. And because we have a trademark, we have a registration number. This makes it super easy to get things off of any of the social media platforms. For example, YouTube, you go on, you say, here's our registration number. We own that mark that's in the corner. Think of it something just simple like a Nike mark. It doesn't have to have the whole name of the church. It's just the logo of the church. If we've registered that, then we can come in here. We can say, we want that video taken down. We don't want them to be able to do whatever they're doing. We own that mark. They can't use that mark in their video, even if they theoretically have made it work for copyright purposes. So because of that, it gives you a very fast and efficient way to control what's actually being presented out there as a part of your church. Now, the other thing that it can do is can make sure that all of the things that our church is doing, whether that's publications, what if it's a book, if it's media, we're putting um, some kind of, of whether it's digital media or even back to good old fashioned, some kind of hard product, a DVD or something along those lines. If we are putting those out there in the stream of commerce, then it keeps somebody from trying to use our logo, use our name and sell or mimic those things. So it's a really important thing that we look at. How do we make sure we have those particular brands? And I know it's sometimes hard to think of a a ministry as a brand, but these are the things that are actually being put out there in front of not just your members, but all of 
all of the world. Every potential guest is seeing these things. So we want to make sure we have properly copyrighted what needs to be copyrighted, but we have trademarked the names, slogans, logos of the church. And that way we are controlling the intellectual property of the church. And in today's society, when more and more things are online, we have social media, we have all of these avenues that we are communicating with our members, with our guests, and with the world at large, trademarks, and in general, any kind of intellectual property is something that the local church needs to take into account and make sure that you properly protected it because your church is also spending a number of uh, dollars and lots of time in promoting your different ministries. So let's protect those. This is what is key that we make, uh, we make happen as the church. And there is nothing that is more appropriate for the church to make sure they are taking care of as the facade of the church than the branding, than the name, than the ministries of the church. And so I want to make sure that as you're going through the various things your church does, you think about this. I have gone and I have actually trademarked pastor's names. So you could trademark the pastor's name. So if they are doing some kind of uh, outward facing ministry, this could be podcasts. This could be uh, some kind of weekly television broadcast. This could be uh, just putting various things on YouTube or, or especially if it was actually writing a book. These are things that can be done. So if you haven't taken care of any of the intellectual property of your church, you are being at risk of somebody coming and trying to piggyback, whether intentionally or unintentionally, on the work and the, the expense that you've already put out there in marketing the ministries of your organization. And this is something where we want to make sure that the stewardship dollars that we have already already spent are being protected and ultimately that we are clearly communicating when somebody sees that this ministry is holding itself out as representing the Lord, that no one else is coming and intruding on that and tarnishing the name of your ministry. So my first encouragement is to look at the intellectual property that your church currently has, and then to decide, does this fall into the trademark category, the copyright category, and what do we need to do to adequately secure that and make sure that the stewardship dollars that you've already been entrusted with and already spent are going to have the most impact both now and for many years to come. Thank you so much for listening to the Church Council Podcast. I've been your host, Travis Story. I truly hope that the practical takeaways from today's episode is something that will bless and protect your ministry. If you found today's discussions helpful and want to be updated as we publish new content, please subscribe so that you're notified as new episodes become available. Also, if you found that today was worthy of your time, please leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice so that other ministries can find and be blessed by this content. Until next time, keep serving and protecting your ministry. Industries.